Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello, welcome to the first ever episode of Why Always Us. Uh, my name's James, I'm one of your hosts. I'm with my other beautiful, gorgeous co-host, Jamie. Hello, Jamie. Oh, James, that's, that's so nice of you. That's probably the nicest thing you said to me. I hope this trend continues throughout the series. Uh, I only, it's not just a one-time thing, you know? Yeah, I only, I only do it for the, for the listeners. When we're in private, I hate you. Uh, oh, the good. Yeah. Right back yeah. at you, sunshine. Thank you. So, 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 what's let's talk about what this is about before we mm. crack on since it's the first episode. So, yeah, uh, what we're going to be doing is uh, each week we're going to speak to a some fans of uh, different teams, and this is really an opportunity for them to just come on here and rant about all the times they feel their club's been screwed over from from the time they've been supporting them. So it could be a mm. really dodgy ref decision. Uh, could be some off-field stuff. Could be some signings or a player that always seems to score against them. Anything, anything they want. A little bit of a sort of cathartic mm. therapy session, really. Isn't that right? Absolutely. Yeah. So it's, it's our job to kind of make you feel a bit better about all those times that your your club that you feel has been screwed over by uh, you know. Or is there a media agenda against your club? I know certain fans certainly feel that way. But yeah, we're going to be talking to. Uh, to different people from uh, different clubs of different leagues, sort of, you know, not just Premier League teams, but we want to hear from you if you're right down the bottom and you can never never find a, a bright penny piece to brighten up your day. So, you know, accepting all, any, all, all and uh, everybody. <laughs> That's right. And I think, you know, certainly for me, as a Spurs fan, I always feel like my club is, is just cursed and like bad shit just seems to happen to us all the time. Even when mm. it's, seems like good stuff is on the horizon you're a yeah. soko handball away from being kicked in the bollocks again in a champions league final i'm still not bitter <laughs> i promise um oh, so God. so and, yeah and i, and I if, you know i think a lot of fans feel the same way about their clubs no matter what position in the table they are no matter what league they feel hard done by so yeah. jamie I'm, I'm a spurs fan you're a dirty gooner well less of the dirty mate i'm a proud gooner proud of my team you know my proud of my successful team who've won more than one trophy in the last 20 years they have must be nice um <laughs> oh yeah it's nice very nice <laughs> so since you're so successful surely mm. you guys can't feel hard done by surely you've had the good life or is, is, is there something that still bugs you to this day about an Ooh. arsenal game well, particularly, we've been successful in things like the FA Cup and the league, and not so much the League Cup, but the Champions League, I have to say. Uh, we Arsenal have been, you know, obviously only got to one final ever, which has been very, a bit disappointing. But there's one particular game, which is when uh, against Barcelona, I believe, in 2011, or could have been 2010. Uh, but Robin Van Persie was sent off after uh, kicking the ball after the whistle had gone. And he was, uh, it was an outrageous decision. And a bit like you, I'm still... Still angry with it now. 
so that that would be my uh, and there is I feel the UEFA agenda or UEFA loner as they call it uh, the pro Barca uh, UEFA so I'm still very still bitter still bitter yeah I, I I remember that incident I actually even as a Spurs fan I agree it was completely ridiculous uh, and also very hilarious um, I'm sure you found it very hilarious I however did not and I was fuming for a yeah physically fuming for a good two or three days after that yeah I mean that obviously that cost you what a place in the semis I think that was the quarterfinals isn't it yeah I think and I think we were winning at the time where it's certainly like close or it was certainly you know it wasn't like I mean Barcelona have you know rolled us over many a time but this was one of the times where it was actually quite close we thought oh we might actually get through here but alas no you're right it was quarterfinal because uh yeah there was that stat going around that after however many years that Arsenal hadn't gone past the quarterfinals. And it's like, well, you try playing, you know, Bayern Munich and Barcelona every time. Anyway, <clears throat> not bitter. Yeah, it's, it's hard when they make you play the best teams in Europe in their premier competition, isn't it? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, just, no, it's not fair. Where is, you know, Carrier Bag and, you know, or uh, some other, you know, rubbish team like Tottenham or something? Why can't we yeah. play them? That would have been great as Spurs Arsenal Champions League game. That but, really uh, would have been. I mean, good. from my point of view, so it's obviously you know that that had a big impact mm-hmm. on you guys. And I mentioned the Sissoko handball, but for me that's an obvious one. Yeah. Um, but there's there's one incident that I will never forgive uh, from a Tottenham game, and there's been a few, and it didn't really mm-hmm. have uh, an immediate impact, shall we say, on anything tangible at the time, or at least so it seems. But I would argue that so. This is one of a, a slew of terrible decisions we had at Old Trafford in the sort of... Oh, here late, we go. I think late, I know what you're going to say here, James. Yeah, late, late 90s to mid-2000s sort of era. And uh, mm-hmm. it was Pedro Mendes. It's nil-nil. We're in the 88th minute or whatever. Uh, we haven't beaten United, I think, ever at, at Old Trafford since I supported Spurs at the time. And I didn't for a very long time after that. And Mendes hits this hopeful shot from halfway. <laughs> which it looks like the goalkeeper, Roy Carroll, is, is going to catch, but he fumbles it. And a lot of people must know this. It goes yards over the line. The goalkeeper <laughs> himself, the goalkeeper himself is, is halfway over the line. He palms it out and, uh, and neither the referee or the linesman give the goal. And in fact, United very nearly got the other end of the score. Now, the game ends nil-nil. Um, there wasn't a title riding on it or anything, but I think we missed out on Europe. UEFA Cup that year by a couple of points um, and I, I feel like that winning there would have really kicked us on we'd have got European football a bit earlier we might have kept some of the better players um, and it was just I mean it's still seen as if you watch YouTube compilations as sort of worst uh, sorry worst ref uh, performances or decisions ever it's always in them um, and that still pisses me off even though <laughs> since then we've, we've gone on to bigger better things so really, <laughs> <laughs> well, nearly, nearly. Yeah. Have nearly. you when? So have you when have you have you beaten United at Old Trafford? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. We've done, we've, we've done it a few times now. That's old news. Mm. Well, because yeah, man, you're a crap now, aren't they? Yeah, exactly. Um, so that's kind of what this is about. But so we're going to have the yeah. different fans on, and we uh, we'll ask them to come with their sort of top three worst. But we'll have a bit more of a chat about the club at the moment and where they're at, and and some of the other things that they want to reel off that they feel hard done by um and that's just what's what it's going to be um yeah so yeah so should, should be fun it? shouldn't it should be 
should be, although it's, you know, sort of asking people to relive some of the most painful memories, you know, obviously you and I will, will laugh at them and uh, <laughs> no, hopefully it'll uh, be a kind of fun experience for everybody, uh, you know, to try, and, uh, to try and get through the traumas that we all experience as football, as football fans, you know. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, first episode, um, when I was mm. thinking of a club where I feel the fans always feel pretty hard done by, so we should have uh, some good material to mine. Uh, for, yeah, some reason, for some reason, uh, this club was up the top of the list, and that's Newcastle United, a club that's won even fewer trophies than Spurs. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Newcastle fans. Um, yeah, I actually, sorry, I had a bit, we're not laughing at that. No, I had a soft spot for Newcastle ever since the, 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 the Keegan, uh, I would love it, uh, incident. And, and of course, David Ginola played for both Yeah, clubs. they've had some fantastic players, haven't they? Really brilliant players. Obviously, Shearer, the big main man up the top. Obviously, yeah, yeah as you say, Ginola on the wing. I was a big fan of uh, Norberto Solano. Did yeah, you know, he was... Played on the right. He was a fantastic uh, player. He was great. Uh, Faustino Asprio always used to find mm. really good to watch. So yeah, so um, so we're going to be talking to two Newcastle fans. Uh, we've got a couple of guys. They're stand-up comedians uh, from Newcastle, uh, Julian and Anthony. Uh, really nice guys. Really funny guys. Uh, mm. Really enjoy speaking to them. Uh, they're going to yeah, tell they're us. Good yeah, they're going to tell us um, all the times that they think Newcastle got fucked over. <laughs> So, Ant, Julian, welcome to uh, to Why Always Us podcast. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having us. Uh, and I'll, uh, I'll let you guys uh, introduce yourselves uh, quickly before we get started. So we'll start with Ant. Hey, yeah, I'm Ant. I'm a 37-year-old Newcastle fan and I do stand-up comedy. I've done it for about six years. Um, and the lockdown has kicked me in the balls with it. So, yeah, <laughs> that's me. Uh, my name is Julian Lee. I'm from Newcastle as well. I'm a Newcastle fan. I'm a little bit older than that. Um, See your age, the, Julian? See uh, your age? 52. Thank you. The lockdown hasn't kicked us in the balls, but it did give us a bit swifty in the shins because I missed out on a couple of gigs that I was looking forward to. But, um, yeah, by the way, oh, I'll plug it later. I'll plug it later. Sorry. Go on, James. I'm... It's, uh, it's all right. we'll, we'll give you time to plug, plug some stuff at the end for sure. So I know... Jules, I know you do an online show, or maybe yeah. maybe more than one. Um, yeah, so I mean, before we start on what we're here to talk about, I mean, pre the pandemic, uh, you know, what's going on at Newcastle at the moment? I just, there's obviously there's some talk of takeovers. But how how was your season going until uh, until it all stopped? Were you happy? Nah. No, no. Uh, Steve Bruce, like I'm sick of the papers going, oh, he's doing well, he's not doing that. He's doing absolutely horrendously. I probably should ask, am I allowed to swear? Like, as much as you like. For it, mate. Yeah, he's for it. absolutely fucking shit. Like, as, a, as a human being, he's lovely. Um, this may come as a shock, as you can see. I used to be a hairdresser when I left school, and I used to wash his mum's hair, and she was lovely. Oh. And I used to chat away with that, and I always wanted them to do well. The second he come to Newcastle, I looked at his record and I was like, nah, you're not the man for us. And we're doing shit. We've got the lowest percentage, the lowest time spent in the opposition's half, the lowest shots on target, and everyone's seen him give him credit. The fuck for? So no, we're shite. But yeah, managed to beat Spurs at home, though. <laughs> we did as well. There's I was so yeah, many that, teams under us, chance. and Spurs is one of them. Spurs just aren't good enough. You know? uh, yeah, I yeah. think you had one chance and scored from it. It was embarrassing. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, and, and, and what about this takeover business then? Are you guys are you happy about it? It's a bit controversial, that one, isn't it? Mm. Are, you ready, are you ready to sell your souls to, uh, to the Saudi royal family or whoever it is that's buying you? Yeah. You're nodding, Ant's nodding. Yeah. Ready. I will uh, sell me soul. I'll sell me daughter. I don't like. I take <laughs> Ashley out the club. Um, and uh, there's the Miguel Delaney. He's he's making himself relevant on Twitter. He works for uh, the Independent, who's part owned by the Saudis. Yet everyone's giving us a lecture. The part owned Disney. The part owned Facebook. But because they want to buy little old Newcastle, is absolute uproar. I'm not having it. And he's never been proven a murder. So nah. <laughs> What about you, Jules? Do you feel the same way? I feel probably less vehemently than than Ant does, but yeah, similar thoughts. I think we've we've fluked about ten of those points that we've got, if not more. So really, whilst we're you know we're safe from relegation, we've been dreadful. The football's been dreadful, and we've got lucky so many times. As for the whole Saudi thing, yes, it's not ideal. I'm not going to pretend it is. I might not sell me. Firstborn, like uh, Mr. Young, make, but uh, I think it's a bit much to ask Newcastle fans to have a high ass with a moral ethic than the royal family, the British government, and so forth. So, <laughs> you know, we, we, I'd, I'd rather, you know, some sort of like, uh, you know, Middlesbrough, I've got Gibson, for example, who's, who's known to be a really nice owner and sort of got the right approach. We'd like him, but with the Saudi money, it's not going to happen. Let's, well, let's just wait. The official takeover hasn't one hundred percent been confirmed, has it yet? So, if they come in and you know they if they buy you the title and the Champions League, is you're always going to have that asterisk next to it, like City do, and to a degree Chelsea do. I mean, do you, do you give a shit? Or? No, I'd like to think would be better than. And I don't mean football wise, but Man City have got all this going on. They've got all the the, the great success. Yet they can't sell the stadium out. They've hardly got yeah. anyone there at Champions Leagues. I'd like to think Newcastle fans, we went to Christ, we went to the Championship, we went to away games. I'd like to think we'd at least be thankful for our success. Yeah, I think what you've got to remember, James, is uh, I'm 52 and we've never won a domestic trophy in my life. The last trophy we won was 1969. I was one, obviously I don't remember that. And that was the Fairs Cup, which then became the UEFA Cup, which then became the Europa League. So let's win something first before we see if it feels cheapened because we've never known that experience. Mate, we won the Intertoto Cup. <laughs> I, I take it all back. Thanks. Yeah. I take it all back. Well, let's, uh, speaking of, of, of cups and domestic trophies, when I was, you know, before you guys coming on and, and you know, we're going to talk about decisions that haven't gone your way, but whenever I think of, of uh, Spurs' bad decisions, one that always floods my mind is a game against Newcastle in an FA Cup semi in, uh, in 99. I couldn't remember the year till I, till I researched it before this. And I realised it was the same group of semis where they got that famous Ryan Giggs goal against Arsenal. But no one remembers the other game, which was ours. And we lost 2-0 to you in extra time. But at 0-0 early in the first half, uh, second half, sorry, um, a ball gets crossed over towards uh, into your box and Nikos Dabizas decides that he's going to play goalkeeper and just literally palms the ball off of Sol Campbell's head. The referee doesn't give the penalty. It's the most blatant thing. It was, do you remember Paul Durkin, a little ginger bloke? Yeah. He even yeah. afterwards and said it was, it, you know, he missed it and it was a bad decision. But obviously, you know, too late for us. And... Uh, yeah, you know, I'm not saying we would have gone on and smashed United in the final, but for the that was still one of the most ridiculous decisions. And to make it worse, 
uh, you guys got a penalty for the exact same thing, Sol Campbell doing it down the other end in extra time. And uh, obviously went on a 1-2-0. But I don't know if you have memories of that game and if you felt that you got away with it or if you remember that incident and I'm just bitter about it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do remember it. Um, I, I do remember that run. And yes, it was a blatant handball. Now that you say it, he flicked it. Yeah. So I don't care, it's Tottenham. Like, uh, good, on, good on with Yeah. I, I, I don't remember it, but I think it just shows that you always remember the, the injustices, but the sort of... The little runs of luck, you kind of go, well, you know, about time. Do you know yeah. what I mean? So, yeah. But I do remember the Shearer goal, the, the, um, well, not the penalty, but the second goal, because I thought it had hit the post and the bar and come out. So everyone else in the pub was just going berserk. And I was thinking, it's not in, man, it's not in. So I lost that initial kind of burst of, oh, God, I scored, because I thought, oh, it doesn't go in. And that was before my eyes went. That was a hell of a hit, that one. I Jamie's an Arsenal fan. I don't know, Jamie, if you've got any memories of playing Newcastle when they've dicked you, but apart from the famous 4-4, but that wasn't really a, yeah, a ref thing. That was just Arsenal being shit. For a second half, yeah. Um, I mean, of course, yeah, the goal rest of soul. That was, you know, obviously it's one of those things where you're like, you know, that's a great goal, but you're also extremely annoyed. Because how have we buggered up a 4-0 at halftime win? I'm just trying to find, I don't know about you guys, but obviously there's German footballers started today. Sorry, yes. slight change of topic. So I'm just trying to find a link to uh, watch Dortmund against Schalke. Get some of that in my veins. I need it. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Any size, to be honest, um, ask, as an, from an Arsenal point of view, Newcastle, unfortunately, lads, as it's, you know, the, what you've said about Steve Bruce, the performances over the last few years haven't been great. And the 4-4 sort of stands out because that's sort of, you know, we um, got tanked off you like two weeks in a row, 4 0. Yeah. Because I was at the Emirates for that. And can I just say, obviously, the away fans stand up. Mm. I'd been on the bus since like four o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Your seats at the Emirates are bloody amazing. They're mm. wide, they're thick. Everyone, I was like, lads, can we just sit down for five minutes and just <laughs> feel these seats? Such a nice stadium. I really enjoyed that day. Mm. But can I just mention, so as all the away Jamie, fans say that. Yeah. Sorry, Michael. Ja- as Jamie's. An Arsenal fan. I don't know if you know, but do you remember when Sky Sports used to do Fan Zone? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I commentated on one of those. All oh, right. And it was the Arsenal game where we lost three two, and Jermaine mm. Jenis did a did a dab as us and handled it. And so you got the penalty to win three two. Oh nice. Very at half at half time, the producer came up to us and went, "Mate, what are you talking about?" I says, I'm just doing loads of in-jokes for me mates back home. He says, nobody understands what you're talking about. He says, all me mates will be pissing themselves after you. Stop it. We need people to understand what you're talking about. So, I mean, me mates loved it. But needless to say, I didn't get asked, asked mm. back for the fan zone thing. It's a shame. This was before I did comedy. This was like about nine, ten years before I did comedy. I think it was 2003, 2004 season. Because me, um, me ex was pregnant with me son when I went, went down to do it. It was great though, because they, they flew you down, they picked you up at the airport in a, you know, like in a, with a driver, cool. drove us to the studio, did the show, put us up at a hotel, and then drove us back to the airport and flew us back and paid us 150 quid. Wow. Oh, nice. I didn't Still expect that. any of that. <laughs> that was amazing. Perfect. And, you know, what you're saying about the seats of the Emirates, you should tell some Arsenal fans about that. Maybe some of them will turn up. Alex. <laughs> 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 Sorry, Jamie. Uh, getting the digs uh, in. So, listen, guys, <laughs> guys. We're going to do this every week, James. 
We can just wait till we, we just wait till we compare trophy cabinets, mate. Then we'll see who's really laughing. Yeah, yeah, it's true. We haven't won many trophies. Uh, so, guys, so look, I asked you uh, before. Since, you know, we're going to be talking about some of the times Newcastle have been dicked over by bad decisions, and asked you to to pick your top three. We'll give you a bit of time after the top three to list off some of the rest from the Hall of Shame because I'm sure there's probably more you can think of. So. Um, yeah, why don't we crack on and, and start with the first one. So you haven't told us uh, in advance what you've got in mind, so we'll hand it over to you to, to take us into game one. I'm, I'm going to open up with one that did not affect us um, in the grand scheme of things, but it boils my blood to this day, to the point where I even shouted at my wife, she can go fuck herself because she's from Sheffield, and so is this referee. Uriah Rennie sent off Alan Shearer, in his 100th game for Newcastle, the only red card of his career for persistent fouling. It wasn't a red card, and it, it got be 1-0 off delight. In the grand scheme of things, it means nothing. But the fact he sent Shearer off with his only red card, I fucking hate your eye already. Absolutely detest him. With a you can always tell what answer. Now he gets very specific about how he <laughs> pronounces words. <laughs> I don't like him. Like, and even after that, like any game that was on Sky, like I just effing blind at the TV because he was <laughs> part of it. Turns out my wife's from Sheffield, she supports Sheffield, but he's a Rotherham fan, so we're staying oh. together. Um, what, who, who was the game against? It was Aston Villa. It was um, 99. I think Joshum scored in the 70th minute. Um, for Julian, hey. Uh, but yes. yeah, it meant nothing in the grand scheme of things, but just the fact he sent off Shearer when he shouldn't have just really gripes us. Because Shearer's our god, isn't he? So. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I do remember Shearer getting away with literally kicking someone in the face. It was Neil Lennon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As Jamie said, he's, he liked to throw an elbow in or two every now and then, didn't he? Yeah. I'm not condoning people kicking in the face, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I am. <laughs> There was nothing in it. It was just persistent fouling, doing what. And I thought Shearer was so good at where he backed into the player constantly, standing on their toes and all that. And when they like went, he'd fall down. And I think it was for something as simple as that. And he, he sent them off, and it was just I. Well, what I remember, what I remember about Rennie, it was he was too big a personality to be a referee. The referee should him. go should go unnoticed in a game, but Rennie seemed to always want to make part of the game about him. And that's not what a referee is. Do you know what I mean? I know, is it Kalina, the Italian? Yeah, Kalina. Uh, he was fairly sort of forceful in his nature, but he was a positive, <laughs> positive influence on the game. But Rennie just wasn't, wasn't for me. Like. I think he gave 12 cards out that game as well as Shira's red card. It was absolutely ridiculous. It was just all about him. So glad he got injured and had to retire. Yeah. Am I right in thinking he was like some kind of black belt in judo? I guess that random fact that I have no idea why I remember, but <laughs> you're right already. Fittest referee in the Premier League, so I'd say yes, it probably was him. That I think was he was out six foot eight as well, wasn't he? he was I wouldn't have called him well. dickhead to his face or anything. He'd have definitely knocked <laughs> us out. Is that is, is that fittest in terms of physical prowess or fittest in terms of sort of smash hits magazine voted him? Uh, physical prowess. He wasn't a good-looking guy. He was physically prowess. That was a good word. That yeah, good prowess on him. Yeah, prowess, <laughs> and so. That, Leading up to that game, on Shearer's 100th game, was there a lot of sort of fanfare about it? I'm sure that he was, he was probably on the front cover of the programme and the all that, right? The fourth official was Jeff Winder, and he's putting his autobiography later on that he had to flee St. James's Park because the fans were going to kill him. 
So, and he's like, because he'd said, sure, as a God, you can't do it. You can't do any wrong. Like you say, he's elbowed people. He's stamped on people. He's had Roy Keane's life. But uh, I love him. <laughs> I love him nonetheless. So, yeah, just even to this day, I'm 37. And I'm still angry about it. Angry. Jamie, what's your verdict on that? I mean... I mean, you know, obviously, I, I don't, you can't be saying anything bad about Shearer in front of a couple of, uh, you know, Geordie. So it's a very tight, tight rope that you've got to walk here. I'm just watching the highlights of uh, Dortmund against Schalke, and I, as, it's great. There's nobody in the stadium, so no one's enjoying it. I imagine everyone's like me watching it on the iPad at home. But that Harlan kid, if that, if you guys get the Saudi oh, takeover, yeah, yeah. definitely go for Harlan. Brittany's phenomenal. Aye, he's what yeah. he scored against today. Has he? Because he scored something yeah, yeah. seven in his first four games. I think it's just the, yeah, it's been Patrick on his debut and stuff. Um, but it says a Shearer. So would you both let him shag your partners? Hundred percent. I think that's a good hundred percent. I remember he was interviewed no, on the radio, Jules. and someone someone said, "If you come home and found Alan Shearer in bed with your wife, what would you do?" And he said, "I'd get him a blanket." Like, <laughs> and I remember Shearer saying, "What's his address?" Um, <laughs> I'll yeah, be honest I, I'm not quite I don't think it, he's a saint like some people do don't get us wrong I'm not knocking what he did and if he hadn't got injured in what the second season for us he he would have scored even more goals he was amazing but I think the, the, the club he became too big for the club so anyone mm. coming in had to go through Shearer and that meant that limited the players that came in so you can't knock what he's done he's been brilliant but towards the end, it was a slight negative effect on the club, I thought. And what about his uh, managerial stint? Obviously, that was... <laughs> I think, do you know, the, the, the damning thing for me there, it was a game, in about the second or third last game, and there was a big sort of, there was a, there was a the ref had pulled someone up for being in jail or something. So it was about a mm-hmm. five-minute break, and all the players went to uh, Ian Dowie, who was the mm-hmm. assistant, that didn't go to Shearer. And for me, that said, more than anything else could have. You know, if, if, right. if you're in your second or third last game of the season where you may get relegated, the manager should be in amongst the players, getting them, mm-hmm. you know, revving them up and saying, look, we need to do this. And they all went to Dowie and Shearer was just stood there and that disappointed us a bit. Mm. And old uh, Joey Barton as well, helping the cause, getting himself sent off, wasn't it, in the last, did he, is yes. the last game? Or, I mean, they missed all the games? Against, it was against Liverpool, I think, wasn't it? He got yeah, sent off. I think it was the second last game, so he missed the last one. Yeah. yeah. I remember I mean, rightly. Joey Barton's a set mature, though, wasn't he? <laughs> I don't think he's <laughs> going on him, mate. <laughs> yeah, so, 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 we said, pick your top three absolute worst times Newcastle being fucked over. And in the top three is Shearer being sent off in a pretty much nothing game. Shows... Shows how important he was to you guys, I think. The worst, I think the worst thing is he's not even my favourite player of all time. Um, <gasps> oh, surely Rob, that's Rob Lee. Rob Lee. Rob Lee. Rob Lee, interesting. Honest to God, oh, yeah. the best signing we've ever made in our lives. I what love that man. 750,000? 750, 750,000. Um, and scored a hat-trick against Antwerp. Was absolutely regimental in the midfield. Single mm. him, fantastic. I think he was better than Shearer. That's my personal opinion. But right, so hang on, we heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> Rob Lee better than Alan Shearer for yeah. Newcastle. Uh, for me, yes. That's a Love big him. shout. Love him. Yeah, I personally, I was rated Tamiri Kitspire myself. I thought he was because uh, he looked like a murderer. I wouldn't <laughs> mess with him either. Like when he kicked them billboards that time. 
Yeah. Mm. You ever kicked the post by accident? Thought, <clears throat> ooh, that hurt. Imagine just bringing a billboard. <laughs> so, um, so what's what's number two on the list, guys? Julian, well, do you want my our main first one is uh, before you probably, well, definitely James and Jamie were born. I would say, and, and even maybe before Anthony was born. Uh, if you say the, the name Trelford Mills to Newcastle fans of a certain age, they will go apoplectic with rage. Basically, it was a, a cup replay against Brighton in 1983. It was actually the 12th of January, which is my birthday. And um, 1983, replay at home. He disallowed an Emery Verratti goal for a handball. He disallowed a, a Kevin Keegan goal for a Jeff Clark foul. And he didn't give a penalty towards the end of the um, towards the end of the game. Keegan, Martin, Ferrari. Yes. No. A free kick has been given against Ferrari. The goal has not been given. Martin, who played the ball over for Verardi. Well, did he control it with his arm or what? But it's not been allowed. Dermot takes it. This is Waddle. And it's in, but again disallowed. Not for the header by Keegan, but for a push initially as the ball was knocked in. Feet and they have eyes only for one man. We lost that game against Brighton, and as you might know, Brighton went on to the final that year. So I'm going to claim that we would have gone on to the final that year. And if our striker was through in the last minute, we would he would have scored, so we would have won the FA Cup. So that's my sort of a butterfly effect theory there for you. And by now, you'd, you'd be one of the top teams in England, and exactly. that, would have, that would have pushed you on. And do you remember that one? No. <laughs> no Ozzy Ardiles was the first manager I remember. No, but if you ask, George was a Jim Smith at that one. Eighty-three would have been Arthur Cox. Arthur Cox, right? No, but honestly, Ant, go and ask any any anyone over fifty. Then just mention the name Chelford Mills and just see how they just go berserk. So is he another one of these that you you chased him out of the stadium, or because it was in was it in Brighton or? No, no, the replay was at St James's Park. He had to wait. The police came and told him you're gonna have to wait. There's that many people want your blood. But the, wow. the, just the sort of on the other side of things, Trelford Mills was a referee for Kevin Keegan's first home game as a player when he scored mm. the winner against QBR, I think, in the '82. But uh, yeah, Trelford Mills in, in Newcastle, if you're a certain age, a certain vintage. Yeah, <laughs> it sets the pulses racing. I assure you. So did did he uh, did he referee any of your games after that? And you know what was the reception? If you remember, I have a recollection of him doing one more game and just getting dog abuse the whole game. And I think it was just decided after that that he shouldn't be involved in any of our games. And do you, is is the name Trelford Mills? Does it even ring a bell? 
No, possibly so once to fix me uncle, but I've never heard of them. So it can't be that. I mean, if it was that bad, like surely even newer fans would know. I mean, I'm quite surprised Anth hasn't heard that name. I thought this would have maybe even have been on Anth's list. It's, it's honestly, it must it must be my age. It must be an age thing. Just like, for example, James, people will tell you Jimmy Greaves. Yeah, you know, people of a certain age will tell you Jimmy Greaves is the best player will ever play for Spurs. Then people will tell you Glenn Hoddle's the best player. And so forth. So it, it just depends what age you are, what you, where you're sort of far is, doesn't it, you know? Mm. And the answer is, of course, Jimmy Greaves is the best player to ever play for school. <laughs> yeah, according to my dad. Yeah, well, your dad's right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember. I, I, no one's even... Like, my dad was a big fan. He went home and away games and stuff. Told us some belter stories. But uh, I think he was maybe just out of going to games the year I was born. So he never mentioned that one to us. Right. Well, I promise you. I promise you. Get yourself to the, the Workmen's Club when they, re, when they reopen <laughs> and just go on the stage and go, I'm Telford Mills, illegitimate son, and see what they do. <laughs> Yeah, I've got to say, so far, I'm, I'm surprised. So we've got two out of three. We've got one is it's just someone upsetting the, the club hero in a, in, a, in a nothing game. Yeah. The the second is someone none of us have ever heard of, <laughs> even <laughs> I. Jules still, still bears it. I, I, you know, my experience of Newcastle fans is always sort of similar to Spurs. And we always feel a bit hard done by that we've sort of been the nearly men a lot and it's only been for a bit of lack of luck or a bad decision that we've not become the well beat as we all know we can be. So I'm I'm hoping your your third one's gonna convince me a little bit more that you guys uh, are a bit more hard done by because I, I don't think, know about you Jamie, but I'm uh, I think these are quite well, light to be honest. If, if these are the only worst things that have happened to my club, I'd be delighted. I think the takeover sums up that it's why it's always us. The takeover sums up that it's always us. If this was Man U getting took over by Saudis, nobody would give a flying monkeys. If this was any other big club getting took over, but because it's little shitty Newcastle that nobody wants to do well, they're fucking writing letters to the Premier League. We've got Amnesty International involved. We've got some reporter's wife getting involved. Just fucking let would have happiness. Christ. <laughs> like, if it was any other club, nobody would give a flying monkeys toss. No one. What happened when, when they bought City? I'm sure there was a bit of fuss around that. Absolutely not. I do not remember. And even Sheffield, my that. wife's team, they've just been took over by a Saudi prince, the hopefully our new chairman's cousin. Nobody battered an island. They just wanted Ke- McCabe. Nah. Just it's because it's Newcastle. It's, all, it's always the same. By the way, if, if, if you want to know a club who's got a chip on their shoulder, I think Ant started off with a pretty good sort of uh, monologue there. To just tell you that we do have a big chip on my shoulder. <laughs> Can I ask you about the uh, about the enemy? About, is there any are there any instances where you feel that uh, the enemy <coughs> have benefited from refereeing decisions? Yeah, my last one. Newcastle? My last one. Oh, sorry. Um, in in their little well, we've got five over here. One person reckons they've got six over because the under twenty threes beat winner check it trade trophy. <laughs> But the uh, Fabrizio Colaccini sending off, you'd agree with that one, wouldn't you, Jules? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, the Bobby whole, Madley. That, that 60 second period, because we should have had a penalty and then we had a player sent off. I'll let him tell it. All right, yeah, so let's, we, well, well, let's start from the beginning. So, so, you know, what's the game and tell us the context? It's uh, one, it's, it's Sunderland, it's at the Stadium of Shite, it's, uh, it's 0 0, 2015. Um, we're up, up top. Who should have got the penalty? Do you remember? Uh, I think it was Vijnaldum. 
There you go. Ginny gets gets took out. Now given. They run up the other end. Um, Fletcher's through. In college, it's shoulder to shoulder. I've watched it back so many times today. It's shoulder to shoulder. Fletcher hasn't been to the gym in a couple of months. He goes flying. <laughs> the keeper gathers a ball. Bobby Madley cannot get his red card out quick enough. It got rescinded, by the way. So it wasn't a red card. Um, and it wasn't even a penalty. And they scored the penalty and they went on to beat with 3-0. And uh, Wally with a brolly was in charge of it at the time, Steve McLaren. Mm. Oh, Jesus. Obviously, we gave Sunderland six points that, that see when well, most seasons, the last couple of seasons, we were in the top flight. And when it wasn't for our points of us, they would have gone down. So, <laughs> I, yeah, that, that is probably up there with Shearer sending off like um, mm. Bobby Madley just absolutely diddling with. Absolutely diddling with. Um, and I've watched it back, like I say, quite a few times the day, ready for this. And every time I was getting my wife, and I was like, Kate, Kate, what is that? Is that not, it's not even a free kick, is it? It's not like that. Nah, it wasn't. It definitely wasn't. Very upsetting. Well, Dortmund have just scored, scored again. Hazard's Who? just uh, Hazard just scored 3 0. Although I think they've knackered Haaland. Interesting. Sorry, yeah, great, good story about uh, Sunderland. <laughs> Jamie, Jamie's really in, in the zone here, guys. <laughs> Football's back for bit... the first time in two months, man. Let him go. Yeah, yeah. I, don't know. I, did, I didn't even think about that when we set the time. So I'm also kind of angsting to watch some football. Um, so the, uh, was say, are you a bit disappointed then that the, the Mackhams have got their Netflix documentary? Or are you finding solace? Because apparently they're a bit rubbish now. Oh, are <laughs> so you finding any solace in that? I, I watched the first season. I've seen them both, but the first season I watched it, I actually I got behind Chrissy Coleman. I felt a little bit sorry for them. I thought it was an excellent documentary, the first one. I thought it was fantastic. I thought Coleman had done a great job. He probably deserved to keep it for another chance. Um, but I always go back to, have you seen that video with the two larger um, Sunderland fans, the ladies, where they're oh, like, if yes, we were sorry. playing Burton Albion, we'd be winning top of the championship. And Burton Albion sent them down. I couldn't yeah. be any happier. <laughs> Honestly, and every time I feel sorry for the Mackhams, and it looks like they could end up going into liquidation at the minute, they're that much in the shit. Every time I start to feel an ounce of like pity for them, I think back to them two women going, ah, oh, Burton Albion. And I think, nah, fuck yous. Um, <laughs> Yeah, new, have you seen this, this season's documentary? Have you seen this, yes? Uh, I've seen the first three or four episodes so far. That, that Cockney guy from London, David Brent or whatever he wants to think, he's a <laughs> proper fucking divvy game. Like, if you, Julian, if you get a chance, watch it. I forgot his name, but he's a proper weapon. He hasn't right. got a clue. It's fantastic. Like the marketing guy with the with posh voice who uh, Charlie or something, he's Carl. He, he's, he went in the, the discussion about the theme music they come out to. Was just <laughs> you put it as if it was a beefer. He said, "Oh well, let's get them going." I was like, "That's not what football's about." Like, yeah. <laughs> just going back to what Anne said about, in case you don't know, James and Jamie, there's a there's a when we were top of the, the championship in sixteen seventeen when we came straight back up, there was a um like a two three minute video filmed of all the Sunderland fans going, "We we'd be top of the league if we won every week," and just basically saying that we were still shit and they were in the Premier League, and. That video has justified everything that's happened to them since then. I'm not a massive anti Mackham bloke. Do you know what I mean? I, I, I'm old fashioned. I'd like to see the Northeast fully represented in the top flight because Newcastle, well, the Northeast used to be where the hotbed of football, and now it's not. It's just 
anywhere else but the northeast. So I'd like the three teams, Newcastle, Sunderland, and Middlesbrough, to be in the Premier League. But that video, it just, it's just so lovely to see them where they are after they made that. If they hadn't made that, I probably would think it must be a bit shit to be a Sunderland fan. And you, like I said, you'd have a bit of sympathy. You'd, you'd have that empathy because I know what it's like to look at your team and go, "What the fuck's happening here?" But that video just says, nah, you're getting what you do. They flew a plane over St. James's Park with um, going down and Rafa and all that crap. I'm, I, honestly, I couldn't be any happier. I hope the season gets null and void and I have to spend another season in League One. <laughs> I know, if, if there was a documentary out that showed Arsenal getting double relegated, I think I'd just quit Pornhub for life. And, <laughs> and of course, you know, we've got our own documentary pending for this yeah. season, which, which is just going to be heartbreaking to watch. Who's that? But, through who's doing oh, that? It's, we, we're, no. we've got, we've got, have you seen <laughs> Arsenal TV, you lunatic? <laughs> It's just it's just Arsenal fans crying to the big guy with a microphone, big little bitches. I'm not having that. Yeah, no, ours is Amazon's All or Nothing series, which I think right. we've we've we firmly answered that question with it's it's nothing. Uh, they did City winning the league, and now they've got us being shite and having the season finished halfway through. How do you feel about Poch? Did you do you miss Poch? Was Poch good for you? What's do you know what I've, we're going wildly off track here, but all I say is that I absolutely love the bloke and I always will. But even I, uh, one of his staunchest supporters, by the end, I was like, something's not right here. He's, we've got to make a change. Yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't understand. I don't want to go into that because I'll, I'll start crying. <laughs> it's, you can watch him next season when he's at Newcastle. Don't worry about it, James. Uh, do, you know, do you know what? You, you do a lot worse than Pochettino with, with Saudi money. But it's just, him, just, just make sure you stock up on lemons because he likes them to draw out bad energy and he's going to need a lot with a Saudi <laughs> owner, I think. Is that legit? Yeah, what? read his book. He said he likes to surround... He's big into, like, I'm a spiritual guy too, so I'm not going to take the piss, but he... He is into sort of universal energy and feeling. He's a very emotional guy. And, and apparently it says in his, his book um, that he keeps lemons around the training ground and in his office because they absorb bad energy. He's <laughs> taking a piss. Yeah. No, that's it. He obviously <laughs> forgot to bring them to Madrid for the fucking cup final. But anyway, that's another story. So before we get into this, making this a Tottenham podcast, so that, that's your top three. Yeah. I think that rec- I remember that red card. And, yeah, the very fact it was rescinded and it being a derby is is a joke. Um, yeah. I mean, ultimately, what did that did that did that mean? You guys going down? It didn't go down that season, did it? Yeah, we did. I. You went. Oh, okay. So it was pretty. Yeah. It was pretty severe. Uh, it wasn't great. It was the forty fifth minute as well. So the fact that they went and scored another two goals in the second half, I just devastated. No, I, I think they're going to keep that record of. I know we're in the Premiership and they're in League One, but they're going to have that record of five nil, like five wins in a row over for quite a while to come. Bastards! Do you almost want them to get promoted so you can beat them again? Joe, uh, this is my prediction. Mike Ashley hates us that much. If this takeover deal is real and it goes through, I'll put money on Mike Ashley buying Sunderland putting some money into them just to piss off the Geordies and bring them back to the Premiership. Mm-hmm. That's my prediction. That's a big shout. 
if you think about it, though, you've, you've been in, well, how long has Mike Ashley been in here now? Like 10, 10 years. years, 13 years of just abuse of absolute dog shit of 52,000 fans every week just giving you shit. I'd go out and buy Sunderland and make them better than them. I'd certainly give it a good go just to prove a point. That would make a hell of a Netflix series anyway. It would make a great <laughs> Netflix series. <laughs> Ashley's Revenge Series 3. Oh, I like it. I like it. You want to copyright that now? Yeah, I'm going to sell it to Amazon. Get a bidding war going, I think. Um, so, can let's, I so ask, go on, Jamie. Go on. You guys about um, possible transfers that you feel may have you've missed out on, or I'm, I'm thinking particularly of when there was Cole and Shearer up front in the late 90s. That seemed like a deadly partnership. And then United come swooping in and Nick. Well, obviously, Cole if you found it as an Arsenal fan, Nick and your best players, how do you feel about that? Cole and Shearer never played together, by the way. Oh, no, no. No, Cole got. Cole went 95, 96 season, and we signed Shearer just after you were 96. Right. I mean, Cole and Ferdinand, perhaps, or something like that. For me, it would have, my, my biggest devastation was when we saw Les Ferdinand, because I think Shearer and Ferdinand were deadly. I don't mm. know about you, Jules, but like, definitely, I thought they were fantastic together. And to sell Les Ferdinand seemed to be a board decision and not a manager decision. And it really, really knocked us that. Sold to Spurs, though, didn't you? Yes. And he was, in, he was injured half the bloody time, so they must have known something. <laughs> from what he I don't remember, care for you. Yeah, yeah, from what I can remember. Well, he was, he's a Spurs fan, isn't he? I'm sure he is. He was a kid, QPR, he was a Spurs he? fan. Hmm? I think he's QPR. I no, thought he, he was QPR. He played for QPR before he came to us. Yeah, I think he was a Spurs fan. To I think he was a Spurs fan. So Spurs come in for him, and he agreed to do it, and then Shearer got injured, and we tried to stop the signing. And I think Ferdinand went, look, no, you pissed us about, I'm going to go down. But I'll tell you what, you'll never hear, you'll never hear a bad word about Les Ferdinand from a Newcastle fan. Oh, we love them. They absolutely love him up here. Tottenham nicked loads of our good players, though, didn't they? Like, like Gaza and like David Jean, all that. I mean, the best player, Rule Fox. Um, Does <laughs> he waddle, eh? I funny, I was reading earlier that, yeah, because I was looking into stuff before this, Rule Fox never wanted to leave the club. Basically, they, they got a big offer and said, right, you're off. Apparently, he never I wanted never to go. I never rule Fox. Um, I just, he never stood out for us. Typical winger for me. Looks, a world beat that one game in 10. That's, that's what wingers used to be like, sort of back in the 80s and 90s, you know. Games are being a bit cheeky here. Can I just quickly mention a refereeing decision that wasn't in any cattle game, but I think cost us the 95-96 season? <laughs> yeah, go ahead. It wasn't even in your game. No, no. Right, I, 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 I'll repeat it, because, but I think most people know, Newcastle were 12 points clear in February in the 95-96 season. And we ended up losing it, and Manu won the title by four points. This is big Kev loving it, yeah? Yes, that yeah, season. Yeah, yeah. I'd yeah, love it. Season. Love it if we beat them. <laughs> but um, Manu went on a great run, um, but one game against Spurs, they won 1-0, Manu won 1-0, but... Spurs should have had a corner. The ref gave it to uh, as a goal kick to Manu, and Manu scored within 60 seconds of that goal kick. That's three points that they got instead of one. Two extra points. Now I appreciate that they won by four points, but we we couldn't take the pressure towards the end because they build up that momentum. If they don't, if you don't build up the momentum, we don't feel the pressure. They don't get that momentum going. So I think that decision cost us the title. And if we'd won that title, Keegan wouldn't have left. Ferguson wouldn't have built that team. Newcastle, the most dominant team in Europe. 
So now we're talking. That this is exactly what I wanted to do this podcast for because that's the thing. Mm. Where it wasn't even in a game of yours. I do. I don't remember that particular one because we've had far worse against United. But that does sound like something that would happen to Tottenham, I must say. But um, mm. that's the yeah, that's we were shite then. back then, anyway. So <laughs> we would have then bought Clivert in his prime rather than Clivert at the end of his career, and we would have just dominated. We would have had probably Batistuta on the bench, Shearer and Clivert starting. Rivaldo would have come to us. That that was a that was a rumor that was going around at the time. Do you remember that? Anne? Rivaldo was supposed to come here. Del Piero. Um, who were the brothers? Like was it the Baggio brothers? Because uh, one of the chairmen had a Baggio on the back of a tune top, and I was like, "We're getting Roberto <laughs> Baggio," and he just it was a joke. Mm. Awesome. <laughs> so sure it wasn't the Juventus top. I just got mm. it, it could have well have been. Now on our look, but we when you're on about signings, I don't think we've had any hardships where we've sold players, but mm. some of the players we've bought that should be fantastic and just aren't. Yeah. It's as if like. Hugo Viana, I think if Hugo Viana had went to Man U, he'd have been a world beater. But apparently Keegan used to just put a ball down in front of the lads and like, so you all kick the ball around. And I don't know what Bobby Robson's tactics were because he's the one who signed Hugo. But he just went shit. He just went absolutely shit at the tune. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, mm-hmm. Michael Owen. Albert mm-hmm. Lugier, he should have mm-hmm. been fantastic. And the retin, he was intimidated. Yeah, he was intimidated by all the fans. Who is this again? Sorry, that's a, I just Albert Lugier. We bought him from Deportivo, I think. Deportivo, Lacaraca. It rings a bell. Rings mm. a bell. T- early 2000s, is that around then? Or late, later? A bit later, as I said, mid-2000s, mid was it? Yeah, okay. I sort of Gary Speed kind of time, I would have said. Mm. Right. And Michael Owen couldn't give, he'd rather watch his horses and play for the tune. Well, <laughs> I'm not a Michael Owen fan, but what I would say is up until the last six months, he still had a, a goal every goal every two games record for us. So he wasn't terrible just that last six months, spoiled it all. Who's that guy you bought this season that plays up front? Joe Linton. Joe Linton, that's it, yeah. Oh, dear me. That is... <laughs> he, <laughs> I, he, couldn't, he really couldn't hit a barn door that bloke, did he? A striker. Couldn't hit a barn door unless it's on the goal line at White Hart Lane, in which case he <laughs> hits it <laughs> absolutely <laughs> fine. Yeah. I tell you what I hate, James, and it's not necessarily refereeing decisions, but you can guarantee if a striker either hasn't scored for his new club or hasn't scored for 20 games, he will score against Newcastle. I guarantee. Mm. I don't know what it is, but we just think, who's having a bad run? Do you fancy a goal, mate? It's just... Mate, we've got a phrase for that at Spurs called Dr. Tottenham. So like, I know exactly where you're coming from. I'll argue that mm. you're wrong, and actually, that that is that is Spurs's uh, thing. But that, we all think that Jamie, it was, it was for Arsenal. Does it feel uh, like people always score their first goal yeah, against you? Whenever there's any a, a drought, big drought, like I think of somebody like Danny Ings or Shane Long. Guarantee they're not scored for bloody ages. They've looked, rub- you know, rubbish. And then oh, Arsenal, yeah, just have a go, lads. Yeah, score a goal. <laughs> Why not? Who, who was the lad that Leicester signed about 15 years ago? Akin somebody, and he hadn't. He had a great physique on him, and he hadn't scored for about 20 games. Just Ooh, Castle, just go and have a goal, mate. Just have a goal. Mm. I, I tell, I tell you a thing. Another, I'm, I'm not very technical. We mentioned that maybe before the recording. But I've been playing this football app called Score Score Hero. Score Hero. Just on my iPhone, you know what I mean? And um, and I was just playing on it. And uh, the, the team I was up playing against Newcastle, 
and I scored a goal and it was an injury time of the uh, first half and my head just went typical Newcastle letting a goal <laughs> in an injury time in the first half <laughs> it's just on a game it's so ingrained you just think typical growing yeah. up I'd always say when we, whenever we'd be like man you 5-0 and would have an easy game the following week I'd say to my dad oh we're in here my dad's like, have you learned nothing, son? We're going to get beat. <laughs> and yeah, every time we'd beat a big club and then we'd kind of get beat off like Watford. Mm. <laughs> Just typical Newcastle. So lads, yeah, is that, is, that, is, that your, uh, is that your plea for, for Newcastle? Why it's always you? Or did, do you have a... I'll give you the opportunity I've, now to reel a list off of, of the ones that didn't make the, uh, the top three, if you've got Matt some. Matt Ritchie's penalty against Burton Albion. <laughs> was uh, in the run-up of the championship. Uh, we weren't top at the time. He took a penalty. The referee shat his pants, didn't know what was happening, and gave a free kick to Burton Albion. Oh, for encroachment. Or for encroachment. He got the rule wrong. You can only give a free kick if you pass the ball backwards or somebody else does the run-up and you take the shot. Um, they're the only two times a free kick can go against you. The ref didn't know what he was doing, spoke to his linesman. He didn't have a clue. And he just gave a free kick to Burton Albion. We went on to win it 1-0. We went back to the top of the championship and obviously we won it. But um, yeah, that, that just summed up Newcastle. I remember uh, Shearer getting fouled against Man U at Old Trafford. Not, penalty not given. It might have even been Paul Durkin again, as you mentioned earlier. He came and apologised at the end of the game saying, I, I made a mistake. He well, just don't make a mistake, you dick. It's a clear <clears throat> penalty. You dick. I like that. And I, I must admit, I hate... I think it's good that they resend red cards. But if you rescind a red card that's affected the result of the game, what do you do there? I'm not saying yeah. you replay the game, but it's a bit... It's, it's, it's a, a massive bit. effect. They checked the um, Fabrizio Colaccini one. He's rescinded the red card. We've played a full half with 10 men, got spanked, and then they went, oh, yeah, all bad. Well, that doesn't help mm. when we got relegated. Mm. Yeah. Well, look, so, so on, on that, because... When VAR came in, I don't want to get into a whole VAR debate because we here forever and we, we, need, we need to round up soon. But as for me personally, as a Spurs fan, I was like, brilliant. Finally, there's going to be justice for all these shite decisions that have gone against us. And I don't know if you guys felt the same. Uh, um, and whether I it's did. worked for or against you. <laughs> John Joe Shelby, did you see that one against Sheffield United? Uh, I can't remember just, it. Yeah. He, he just kept yeah. running. Everyone had stopped because the linesman put his flag up. Shelby kept running, just knocked it past Henderson. Henderson didn't even try because it was meant to be offside. And the ref was like, yeah, I've checked VAR. It's fine. Goal. And they <laughs> were absolutely devastated. See, I'm happy with VAR, mate. I, I, I must admit, I would have been, been gutted if that had been my team. If that had right. went against us, I'd have been so <laughs> angry. <laughs> the only thing I'll say about VAR is it, it's supposed to clear things up and it's made things more grey. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So... I was worried it was going to talk, take away talking points after the game. So, like, there wouldn't be... And if anything, it's created more. So, I'm okay with it. Yeah. The lines thing happened to your team when they're trying to see if somebody's offside and they got the line, the pen, the lines oh, out. Oh, yeah, yeah. Not as close as it's lane. been. That's been horrific. Where it's like... I mean, the can't say it's a podcast, but when it's a margin, it's stupid. God, I just remembered the game against you this season where someone basically rugby tackled Harry Kane's ankles. And I don't think they even VAR'd it. That was ridiculous. <laughs> I don't know if you remember that. I think it would have made it one all at the time. Uh, I can't remember oh, who the centre-back um, is. Yeah, he was through on goal and we just absolutely spanked Yeah, the guy, he fell over, but in the process of falling over, he literally just swiped his legs away and the ref just didn't give anything. He literally done it. that one, yep, crack on. Was yeah. 
I do remember yeah. that, yes. Yeah, fuck VAR. Anyway, um, so look, we, we, should, we should round up, guys. Thanks so much for, uh, for coming and chatting to us. Yeah, thank um, you, guys. About, oh, thanks about Newcastle. Is there anything you guys want to plug before we go? No, my show's uh, sold out, <laughs> but I don't know when it's going to be. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, since the lockdown thing, I've been doing a show with some other one-liner comedians called The UK Pun-Off. And that's every Sunday at 7pm. Uh, you can find it if you follow the Facebook page, UK Punoff, or from at Colin Lego's Twitter page. We've got a couple of hundred people watching every week. We've had uh, comedians from America and Ireland want to be part of the show. So it's, it's actually building up a little bit of a following and it's a good laugh. So Do a pun now, Julian. Watching. Yeah, give us one of your favourite puns. This is a horrible thing to ask comedians. Tell us a joke, but give us one of your favourite puns. Uh, one of my favourite puns. Uh, okay, um, uh, my mate reckons he saw a scarecrow masturbating, but I think he's just clutching at straws. <laughs> I think you should have went with the YMCA one, that's all I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so either you love you're going to tune into the pun off or, or that just uh, made up your mind not to but <laughs> I enjoyed it guys where can people find you on social media if they want to follow you I'm Anthyung83 uh, on most things including Playstation if you want to add us um, yeah so just Anthyung or find us on Facebook Anthony Young uh, Julian Lee Comedy on Twitter and Facebook I don't do Playstation because I'm old and I'm clueless Why Always Us is hosted and produced by James Regal and Jamie Mansell. This funky theme music was written and performed by Morrison Marr, a.k.a. Moss Stones, on SoundCloud. If you've got any comments for the show or just want to share the pain of supporting your team, you can find us on Twitter at WhyAlwaysUsPod or email us on WhyAlwaysUsPod at gmail.com. And of course, please support us by subscribing on your chosen podcast platform and leaving us a rating and review. Thank you for listening and see you next time. Thank you.